I'll never forget our first time there, Glenn told me that he had put his house up to make this event happen. My man said he put his house up. I'm like, what? Like that was a level of responsibility you owe you. It's about responsibility. It's about taking responsibility. This week, our show is brought to you by our partner in crime, Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, Green Juice, can supercharge your life, restore that glow, and help you feel decades younger in just 30 seconds per day without having to worry about shopping for ingredients, mixing and blending them, and then cleaning up afterwards. All ingredients are USDA organic, vegan friendly, and made without GMO ingredients, gluten, or soy. Organifi just launched a green juice with a, with a, a slight twist, guys. They've added their crisp apple, right? Apples have arrived, introducing the refreshing taste of new Organifi green juice, crisp apple. All the benefits you've come to love in the classic reset green juice with a new juicy twist. Enjoy the same fan favorite nourishing ingredients, ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, chlorella, designed to hydrate, energize, and support cortisol balance. The new green juice, the crisp apple juice, guys, is made with organic, wholesome, hand-picked apples, and it tastes like a fresh, juicy slice in every sip. If mint just isn't for you, this refreshing new recipe certainly is. Making it the first of its kind, the whole family will love, all right? So the kids can get in on this one, guys. Apple juice, as you've never tasted it before, now for a limited time. Take the meh out of the mornings with the green juice apple crisp from Organifi. Make sure you guys check it out at www.organifi.com forward slash success. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash success. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beat smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined by Douglas. No Bayesian sensation, no nine to five millionaire. Ah. Uh, it's the varsity team today. Uh, you know, the hey, JV. Hey, I didn't say that, boy. I didn't we say that, We got the girl. JV on the bench. They studying film. <laughs> They're not quite ready to get in the game right now. Um, but me and Douglas are here. Uh, it's, a, it's a monumental occasion. Yeah, no, this is, for real. It's this a monumental is. occasion. Yeah, for real. Um, many of you may have heard us talking about a surprise announcement or something special we had. Been working on this thing for... I mean, what, since middle of COVID, maybe so. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd say maybe even the beginning of COVID, working on it. Yeah. Beginning of COVID, going heavy, yeah. you know what I'm saying, middle of COVID, yeah. and coming out of it strong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's finally here. So without further ado, I'm going to just jump right into it. First time the world is seeing this, right? Nobody's seen it. I just got my copy. I am uh, over the moon happy with it, man. But the official first time... Like, so, okay, so let me say this. Let me drag it out a little bit. We've done some book releases. Oh, no question. We've done some things in the past. No and we were under the, for real, we followed the Master P, No Limit. Yeah. You know, just straight out the trunk. No we ain't know how many we sold. We just ordered them joints. Thank you, Master them P. Joints. Yeah. <laughs> P put us on game. Yeah, no question. And, um, you know, it was during COVID. And you and I had a conversation. We were like, all right, like, we did... You know, out the trunk long enough. 
Um, but I don't even know if y'all know, but never have we had a book in Barnes and Noble or Hudson News at the airport, nothing. The only way you could get it was straight through us and some bootleggers. Through my garage. Shout out to the bootleggers. Y'all yeah. know y'all wrong. You know what I'm saying? It was undercutting us. Um, but for the first time ever, introducing the first major, 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 major release, U O U is here, man. This is uh I cannot wait for y'all to read this thing, man. This is honestly, man, one of the most powerful things I think that we've ever done as a company. I don't just say that. Look how beautiful it looks, man. We uh were able to get, you know, the advanced copy. Oh uh, man, it just it feels nice. It looks it nice. It feel good. Um, yeah. Shout out to Penguin. Don't show them the back though. Uh, yeah, no, no, I show them the back. Sorry, my bad. We got we, the words still to come. This is a. Uh, this is so fresh off the the press that we don't even have the words on there, but you can see the pick on the back. Um, man, forward by Chris Paul. Shout out to CP, our guy, always looking out. Um, it's big, man. It, it, it's big. It's a big deal for us. Uh, it's a huge endeavor. You've been working on this thing for, like I said, at least, what, a year and a half? Yeah, you maybe? know, the cool thing, too, is we practice what we preach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We eat our own cooking. You know, I man, my biggest message during COVID was never let a good crisis go to waste. Like, that's all I was on. Every corporation, never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And so we didn't. <laughs> We didn't let a good crisis go to waste. I literally had way more time than I've ever had on my hand. Why? I wasn't on the road. I wasn't traveling like that. I was doing Zoom. So I was on the calls, you know, with Leslie. I was, you know, in 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 my, you know, private space, private time with God, praying, writing stuff down, trying to really think it through. Like you always say, E, reverse engineer, reverse engineer. So I was like on the first major boy. Like what system? And y'all got to hear what I'm saying, right? So I was talking to somebody the other day and they was like, E, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm reading my Bible, I'm whatever. And I said, you know, can I be real with you? I said, it ain't your fault. But most of us have been taught two things. We've been taught stories in the Bible. We've been taught um, like doctrine, like what we believe. I said, but I'm going to tell you what, you what a lot of people have been missing. Because he was on some like, Financially, I'm not hitting the mark, whatever. You know, and he was like, my dad, you know, was a pastor and he did everything he could for me, but he never taught me money. And I was like, yes, he did. He said he was in the Bible, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, you read it as a story. You read it as principles, but you never saw it as a system. Like his systems in there, bro. Joseph gave you a system, but you were so caught up on the story of Joseph and him getting sold, you know, his brother's trying to kill him. There was a system he gave Pharaoh in terms of how he should do his money. You pay yourself first. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't paying attention. So when I wrote the book, see, I was like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do what I did before. Secret to success, I told a story. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? And a lot of people read it and still was like, some people was inspired, but a lot of people weren't empowered. So I was like, on this one, a system. I'm going to think of 10 major principles and systems that I went through that I can give to you to help you to go from being homeless to find it, you know, see who say he's going to make me a household name. And then from the household name, bruh, house, bruh, how, this household, he got to deal with Penguin, y'all. That's household name. It's crazy, man. I want to go back to, you know, kind of the beginning and um, the guru story, right? And I think that's where 
our kind of story starts, right? And there's plenty more in here. Obviously, you detailed, you know, quite a few things growing up, you know, just to kind of give that setup to, you know, where we are now. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma in here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. But I want to go back to the guru story. And most of you who are watching this, I'm assuming you're familiar with that. But I was in the room that night, right? And um, That's crazy. Yeah, I sat there, man, and I watched it. And I like uh, y'all heard it on the internet with like some cute music. Like I heard it like 10 feet away. And I remember thinking like, yo, this is the craziest thing I ever heard, you know? And I told a group that I was speaking to yesterday, I said, man, I tried to get e-booked at a middle school the next day. Imagine that. I'd say top three greatest motivational speeches of all time. I'll say one. Maybe y'all got a couple more you want to put in there. Let's say top five greatest motivational speeches of all time. And the next day, I couldn't get us into a local middle school to speak. And I remember thinking, like, something's wrong with this. Like, I'm seeing other people who are doing well in life and making money who aren't as good as this. What do they have that we don't have? And I think we dedicated from that moment on. Well, I say I dedicated my life to making sure that didn't happen to us. And there's a lot of people. And that's why I love this book. There's a lot of people who you have that gift inside. You have something inside and you're not able to make it happen. And you think it's because of your talent. It's not. You don't have a system. And that's what he talks about. And so talk about just conceptually, you owe you. Um, obviously I'll go back in detail how we got to UOU and the title and that mantra. Um, I guess you were telling it the other day how we were in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to tell the story. I want to answer the question first. And I'm talking to those of you out here who are super frustrated. You know, man, the one thing that I hate the most about life is how many of my relationships have gotten destroyed, dismantled, right? over you thinking I'm supposed to take ownership of your life. Yeah, I'm just being real, bro. That's a lot of, man, I, I done had more like crazy relationships over money. You feel me? And what do I mean by that? I pay good. So I ain't on that insurance the whole nine. But here's what, here's what, here's the first system I want you to get is that some of you are pissed that people ain't paying you what you think they should pay you. Like they not opening up the doors you think they should be opening up for you. Like whatever it is, there are those of you legitimately like you pissed off, you mad at somebody. The day things changed for us was the day when me and C, now I'm, listen, listen to me, I'm, I'm being 1,000. C had to get his feelings hurt. Like, cause C was kind of like 50-50. Like C was like, all right, E, we're going to do it on our own, but we're going to rely on some of these institutions. You know what I'm saying? Like these institutions going to help us. And one of those institutions promised us something and C was pissed when they ain't come through. I was geek because I was like, I got 50-50 on C. Like, I got him, but like, he ain't there there because he's still thinking 
that somebody else about to blow us up. I'm thinking people keep their word. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm still I'm I'm about naive. that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was 21. Yeah, I'm he, thinking my man say he's going to do something. Yeah, yeah. He's going to do yeah, it. Yeah. But I'm just being real. I, I, I knew because I was 12 years older than C, I had been down that path, bro. I'm telling you, I've been down the path. And people mean good. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And, they and listen to me. It's not even there. It's nobody else's responsibility to get you six figures, seven figures. It ain't nobody. So the first thing I want you to understand is I wrote the book because I realized one of the things I was doing wrong before I met him, and then one of the things he was doing wrong when he met me was we were still putting our future in somebody else's hands. You feel me? Like we were still believing that somebody's supposed to be fair, whatever fair is. And I realized now as an adult, like, yo, I, it ain't nothing fair because I got to pay the taxes. I'm the one that's going to get sued. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't nothing fair, right? So so I think, see, to answer your question, the first one is I realized that I had to literally take the ball out of everybody else's hands. I had to put it in ours. I had to take every responsibility away from everybody else. And, and, and we had to be, the two of us sitting here, and again, I'm not being disrespectful to nobody else is a part of this crew. I ain't, I ain't dogging nobody else. I'm just telling you, I made up in my mind, I'm going to the promised land. C said, I'm going to make you a household name. C was the one that quit a job. Nobody else quit. Nobody, like, other people came to us after other stuff didn't work out. I'm just being real. Like, I ain't dogging nobody else out. But it was like, they had a couple options. And when those, when those doors closed, it was like, all right. C was like, uh-uh, E, I'm down like four flat tires, like, from the jump. And the first thing he said was, I was going to make you a household name. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know how you're going to do that. And can I say this? I ain't even know he meant what we doing right now. Like, I ain't even, like, in my wildest imagination, you wouldn't know me walking down the street. Like, you wouldn't know me at restaurants. You wouldn't know me in the airport. So for me to answer that question, it's like, yo, bro, I realize, yo, for those of you out there, if you're going to have, be, and do whatever it is you want to do and live life on your own terms, you have to take full full responsibility for your life and you can't be pissed at nobody else because they're not giving you the desires of your heart yeah no nah. and it's funny man because you're going back and you just jogging my memory about stuff because yeah. you know i was definitely down and once you know we left michigan state it was it was tough you know what i mean like it was i was thinking okay he got the plan we about to go and um you know, the money wasn't there. And I don't care what nobody say, man. Like, we, we try to make money, you know, minimize the, the role that it has in our lives. But, man, when you broke, it hurts. And we spent those first few years, like, really trying to figure it out, really being broke and really, you know, taking our chances. And I think that's what's cold about the book is it's going to help people cut down that learning curve yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, he said it. Like, I'm just being real. I was naive. I was young. I was hungry. My man was like, hey, I'm going to help y'all get some grants, some other stuff. I'm going to set y'all a meeting. I, I bought it. You know what I mean? Hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, you always kind of said, yo, the more people, and I, I be, I'm teaching this now, but the more people that you need to make your dream become a reality, the less likely it is to happen. System. Let me just say it one more time. It, catch it. Number two, the, catch it. The more people that you need in order to make your dream become a reality, the less likely it is to happen. It's the same lesson I had to teach Toby, right? I, I, when Toby started rapping, I was like, Toby, what happened to the video? Oh, the cameraman didn't show up. My man who played the drums, he was late. His girl said he couldn't make it. The, uh, the lighting guy was, I was like, bro, I'm not mad, but that's life. And I think we go around 
being naive, thinking that all of these things are going to come and line up perfectly so that you can make your dreams become a reality. And once I realized, oh, okay, none of that's going to happen. It's not going to look anything like you thought it was going to look. Nobody's going to help you, but you can still get it done. And I think that's what UOU does. So um, I want to go to the title of the book. I, can I say this, oh, yeah, though? Here's please. the problem. And again, go here and see. But here's the problem. You think the book is called You Owe Me. <laughs> I'm just being real. Make sure you look. It's you owe you. I want to make sure you caught that. Because, again, some of y'all piss. Look, and I, I'm so mad at some people. I call it the, I don't know if it's the separation or the divorce syndrome. You know how somebody be looking when y'all together and then y'all get a divorce and y'all get separated. They didn't drop 50 LBs. I'm like, bro, you couldn't drop the 50 LBs when you with me. I'm not even talking about weight. I'm talking about some of y'all, yeah. when you're with people, you think they owe you. You don't even get your best work. But you want me to give you your you want me to give you your best desires, your best dreams, your best goal. But once you leave me now, all of a sudden you got energy you ain't had before. Now you showing up to work in a way for you that you never showed up. Why? Because you owe you. And at the end of the day, that's why the book is called you owe you, because there's certain energy, there's certain creativity, there's certain things you ain't going to never give to the next person. You're only going to give them to you. But you are thinking somebody owes you. To bring the best out of you. And it don't work like that. The book is not called You Owe Me. <laughs> That's not what the book is called. The book is called You Owe You. But for most of y'all, your title is You Owe Me. That's why I'm mad at you. That's why I'm pissed at you. That's why I ain't fool with you no more. That's why I act like we ain't never had no relationship. That's why I'm angry. Because you thought I owed you. I don't owe you. You you, you, you owe me. No. The, the title is You Owe Me. And the reason why you see so much peace and joy on the two of us and on the crew is because we realize if we get anything from anybody else, what a, bruh, a, a cherry on the top, whipped cream, what a bonus. But we're not relying on any, I was talking to Train and Katie today, bruh. You know, Katie Young too, she probably about Train, age, I don't know. But she was like, well, we called this person, we had a meeting yesterday. I was like, yo, I ain't trying to bust your bubble, but I'll never have to have another meeting a day in my life. I'll never want to sit across from another human and them promising me that they going to do X, Y, and Z for I'm like, bro, I'm through with meetings. I'm through with talking. I'm through with all your little resources. I'm about to go out here and get what I got to get. So again, the book is not called You Owe Me. You don't owe me nothing. The book is called You Owe You. And when you really embrace the concept of this book, you're going to take off and go to a whole nother level. So, yeah, I want to... Um I think most people have probably seen the video, but let's give a little bit of the backstory. I don't know that we've ever told the backstory to that. You always want to blame other people. You always want to you want to hold other people to the fire, but you're not holding yourself to the fire. You just said you're giving 50 percent. You owe you an explanation. You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50 percent? What's wrong with you? You need to put yourself on punishment. You need to tell you no more TV, no more snacks, no more desserts, no more. No, we working out now. No, no more alcohol. Not right now. Not. No, I can't handle it right now. You need to tell you that you owe you something. Stop going back to you. You keep going to the mall with the receipt. This is what y'all said it was. Glenn, you didn't do what you said you was going to do. Well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So how am I going to do what I'm supposed to do for you? You walk out of this room, you owe yourself. I didn't get here making excuses. So E and I, just the two of us, went to Australia. Shout out to Glenn Naomi. Um, this is our second time. It was our third second, time. third time there. And um, it was just the two of us. And 
New Zealand was the last stop. And New Zealand is not like close. It's closer to Australia, of course, than here. But right, right, right. But you still, still got not like a 45 flight. minute. Right. Yeah. And so we had tour probably about two weeks. And it was the last stop on the tour. And we got there. And, man, let me tell you something. I don't know what happened. But there was a couple of preliminary speakers and stuff like that. And I remember I was beat. Like, I'm just being real. The jet lag. I was missing my family. I was ready to go. But we had this last city. And he had been tearing it up the whole time. And we got in the room, man, and I'll be real with y'all. Like, I, they were already filming and videoing. I was, at this point, I was kind of like, all right, I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying, Jose? I'm just being transparent, bro. I went in the back, and I might have, like, put my head back like this, and I was chilling. And he got to talking, and I was like, oh, okay, he in the zone, which that's nothing new. And then he starts snapping a little bit more, and I sat up. And then he starts snapping a little bit more, and I sat up. And then, bro, I don't know, but you you said you owe you. And I stood up out of my seat. And it was like, we don't even do that. Like, I stood up out of my seat to let him know, like, stay right there. Like, that's, I, I literally stood up in the middle. I don't know who was behind. I don't know what was going on. I stood up and he looked at me and you just went to another gear. And I promise y'all, this is like now. You know, Carl and I have edited all of these videos over the years, whatever. And usually how it works is he'll speak. Then I'll kind of like conceptualize the message and I'll tell Carl like, hey, let me hear it back in my headphones. And I'll listen back to it and be like, here you go. Cut this five minute piece and go. And this is the first time ever. I don't even know if I told you this. This is the first time ever I edited the entire thing in my head. I didn't even need to write it down. Like, I literally put all the pieces. So if when y'all go back, go back and watch the full video. It looks like maybe it was eight sequential minutes or whatever it is. I actually, the speech was like, you probably did like an hour 20. And I took bits and pieces from all over and combined them into that message. And I did it in my, like, I literally called Carl as soon as we left. I don't even know what time it was in the States. And I called him and I was like, hey, this part, this part, this part. And he stitched it together, him and Ken. They put the music under it. And I was like, this one going to go. And I knew it was going to go because the message is so sincere of you owe you. It's like you said, man, you you holding other people's feet to the fire, but you won't hold yourself to the fire. And I was like, yo, that's so true. Like, we demand so much of people. We demand that they show up on time. We demand that they give 120, but you don't demand that from yourself. And so walk us through when you had this. I mean, obviously, it came out in New Zealand, but that lived inside of you for much longer. From being a homeless high school dropout, you had a lot of what, what we would say, not even excuses, good reasons. No relationship with your father, you know, uh, be, being out on the street level. You had a lot of good reasons not to make it happen. When did you owe you become something that you internalized? Man, let me tell you something. Uh, first and foremost, man, as C was talking, I was just like, wow, this is why most of y'all aren't successful. You got to read the book. We, we had every right to be mentally, emotionally exhausted. Every right. Like, we flying to Australia, y'all. And Australia is not, you know, no disrespect to Australia, but it's the same land mass, but it ain't like 50 states. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like that. And so you got to you got to make some moves to get from whatever. So we in Sydney, of course, you got Melbourne right there, Brisbane, right? Perth is like going on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? So we we traveling all over. 
And then, boom, we hit New Zealand. But I'll never forget our first time there. Glenn told me that he had put his house up to make this event happen. My man said he put his house up. I'm like, what? Like, that was a level of responsibility. You owe you. It's about responsibility. It's about taking responsibility. And so to C's point, the shift for me was when I started taking responsibility for my life and not saying, yo, my mom, bruh, yes, your mom has certain, you know what I'm saying? She brought you into the world. Yes, there's a certain level of responsibility, but you're talking about a 17-year-old getting pregnant. She was 17 years old. I look at Jada, Jada 24, about to get her master's. And I don't know if Jada ready. You know what I'm saying? Like in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if Jada ready to be a mama right now. You feel what I'm saying? My mom was 17 with the realization that she got a child in her womb. And I always came out, y'all, believing, yo, my mom was the one that had me based on what I know. It's fully her responsibility to take care of the kid. You feel me? Like, my old dude wasn't in my life. It's like his responsibility. So at some point in my life, I felt like, yo, I'm their responsibility. Yeah. And I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I don't feel like in totality, they did everything they were supposed to do right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yo, what my mom, why they ain't get married? You know, why he wasn't in my, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole life when I was screwed up, it was their responsibility, their responsibility, their responsibility. And the day I blew up, it's a system, is the day I woke up and realized, yo, it ain't nobody's responsibility, E. It's your doggone responsibility. This your life, right? And so that's number one. The, I, the book became a reality when I realized, like, yo, you got to take ownership. Number two, it really became um, um, real for me as I started dealing with other humans and now I'm starting to hear other grown people talk like I was talking when I was homeless. And now I'm getting pissed. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm getting pissed because people are walking away from relationships. People getting divorced, leaving their kids out there. Like, because they don't know. Like, they really don't know. Like, they really pissed at each other. Uh, uh, people, business deals, people walking away. People who I told you, I used to look up to. I'm like, wow, I, one of these days I want to run a bit like, and I realized people were splitting up because they were literally making their responsibility somebody's responsibility and they weren't getting it. Like they weren't getting you not. You shouldn't be pissed at that person. Y'all shouldn't split up. Y'all shouldn't break up. Y'all splitting up because you think they wrong. You think they did something to you. They didn't. You didn't do for you what you were supposed to do for you. Now you put the weight on them. Now all of a sudden they that you want them to bear responsibility that's not that does not belong to them. I'm gonna say it one more time. You want them to bear responsibility that wasn't their responsibility in the first place. You feel me? And so that's when it really became real to me. And I was in that room. Number one, there were some conversations that were being had that I felt like, yo, I'm sick and tired of people because I'm gifted and I'm talented. They want to use me in the way they want to use me. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, I'm tired of this, bro. I'm tired of being. It's almost like because I have a gift. Because I attract people, because I'm authentic, because I'm transparent, because people believe in me. Now you want to use my gift to try to make money for you off my gift. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, bro, I'm tired of that. Like, and that's when I first came out saying, you, do you, I know what I want. I don't want that. You, do you know what you want? <laughs> do you know what you don't want? Like, I don't want that. You can't force me to do that. You can't force me to be that. You can't force me to want to have that. I, I don't want a Bentley and I'm not mad. I don't want a Rolls Royce. That's not what I want. 
I don't want to live in a mansion. That's not what I want. I want to win a Nobel Peace Prize. I want to help kids. Like, don't try to make me into the business person that you are. I, that's not who I am. Go get your own gift. Go get your own transparency. Go get your own authenticity. Go get your own ability to attract people. But don't try to use my gift and manipulate my gift for your benefit. And I was pissed, bro. I'm like, yo, I'm tired. I'm tired of people seeing that people love me and care for me and now they want to use me to well, get. Let's give real examples. Like, and, and we, we get very transparent in the book, but there were individuals who, again, and I was young, right? Like, I didn't know I wasn't seasoned in business. I didn't understand the whole thing. Let's be real. Like, Bro, the first check we ever got, I think I got 2500 yeah. I'm talking about, I was like, yeah. I went and bought my girl a ring. I bought an engagement ring, Jose. I was like, bro, I made it. I made Which, it. by the way, it's probably time for me to upgrade because she still got that joint. You know what I mean? Upgrade. But let me say this. And I want, I want people to hear this, man, because you know what? I, here's what I love. Somebody came and one of the biggest compliments I think that I've ever gotten. Somebody said, man. Every time I come to an event or every time I'm around people who rock with you and E.T. and the movement, they just good people. It's like, y'all don't attract like a bunch of snakes. Like, y'all just got good people around y'all. And I was like, man. And so because of that, and I'm like, absolutely, we do. But we've encountered the sharks. And let me tell you something. When I was young, I was young. Bro, I'm 25. We got people saying, yo, bring E.T. in. I'm going to give him five grand. And they selling tickets and making two hundred fifty thousand, and I'm and I'm not saying nothing because I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I know how to do that, or maybe they, you know, I should take this five and just chill out because I'm not. So let's talk about the financial part of it, right? Like, like people don't hear us talk a lot about money, but obviously we built a multi million dollar empire. We built several multi million dollar empires, and I'm gonna just say that I know we we downplayed a lot on the podcast, but I think our good people need to hear this because you're under the impression that E always used to say. It clicked for him. I was under the impression that because I was a good person, because I was loyal, because I was going to church and love God and didn't do nobody wrong and never stole from somebody, that that meant I was supposed to be financially successful. Absolutely. And E, at one point you told me, bro, that don't have nothing to do with the price of tea. No. It just has nothing to do with it. No. This is capitalism. We live in America. So you owe you as it relates to financial. And, we're gonna, and there's a lot of... The, there's so many nuggets and gems in here about our blow up financially, right? Like there was a point when we blew up. I'm going to just be real. We blew up on the internet way before we blew up financially. Absolutely. Like we wasn't, uh, even though you probably knew us, he was, I can remember people want pics in the uh, airport and he was signing autographs and I was still broke. Shift that we had to say, okay, you owe you now financially it, nobody's gonna give you the money i used to like i used to be naive enough to think like oh you know what's gonna happen oprah gonna see the guru story jose and she gonna be like yo who is this black man doing all this work for these kids he in the schools in the street we just gonna bless my man with 10 million i'm just being like i literally thought that like somebody was just gonna come through with a blessing and because that's what we were taught right you that's do, what you, you taught that's what you taught and I promise you, it didn't happen. And it wasn't supposed to. Oh, no, not you, at all. You know I didn't know that. Though. No, I'm just saying, though, I want people on the thing to understand. We're talking about a system. We we thought this, and this is why it never happened, because watch it. You owe, We thought you owe me. <laughs> Again, we thought that. Like, yo, we're doing good in the earth. Yeah, so real. people going to see it, 
And they just supposed to take the money that they worked hard for, and they supposed to just write us a check so we could be successful. Well, I thought that was again in my mind. No question. You put it out, and it comes no question. back. And, I, and I'm really speaking to y'all who are out there, and you're like, "Yo, see, I'm I'm faithful to my spouse. Yeah. I'm a good parent. Yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm going to church. Yeah. I'm tithing, yeah. and I'm still not I don't where drink, I need to be. I don't I don't smoke, right. I'm not whatever. And I and I'm still not where I need to be financially. And I remember when it clicked for us, and I said, "Oh, okay." This is not how it works. Nobody's coming to save you. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though you put it out and you're thinking it should come back like that, nobody's coming to save you. We live in a capitalistic society. And and in order to get it, you got to go get it. And we detail in there how we started to go get it. And that was important. And shout out to Master P. We just said, look, everything's on us. Every dollar we make, every T-shirt we print, and we put a system together that allowed us to get to that next level. But I want you to speak from that perspective because obviously, you know, for those of you who don't know, he is a real pastor, right? He said, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher sound cute like a nickname. You're a real pastor. And you kind of grew up, I'm not going to say money was evil, but it wasn't like, yeah. you don't want to overly chase uh, the no, bag it was evil. people to look at you. It crazy. was evil for me. Right, right, right. Money was evil. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? For a long time, I grew up, you know, Chicago, Detroit. It was a, uh, a church on every corner. And a lot of these dudes was hustlers. You know, and again, no disrespect to the pastors out there doing what they're supposed to do, doing it the right way. As a matter of fact, I probably went years maybe seven years with my own ministry where i was like don't pay me no money because i just felt evil about getting tithes and offerings from people i just like i'm gonna make my money from speaking so even as a pastor i would have certain church members going like yo pastor i don't think that's right i think you're supposed to get blessed because you're doing the lord's work i'm like i don't want to touch I don't want to touch the money. Like I, I make my own money my own way. I don't want to. And I just he saw, would literally forget to do ties and all. I'm talking about every church service. He'd be like, "All right, y'all go in peace." Go somebody yeah. run up from the back, like, "Hey, wait, wait, ties like, and all." And, and it, it, I was like, "Yo, we got money. We didn't. We blessed." And let, let me stop. All right, if y'all don't mind, let me stop. Uh, we much respect to you or you. Now I'm gonna tell y'all why you or you is big for me. It's big for me because after all these years of me and C being together. And he keeping his promise to to make me uh, a household name. We just getting started, y'all. It's crazy to sit here and think after all we've done, after all the lives we changed, we signed a publishing deal where we, you know, was uh, was able to, you know, get almost a half a minute. Somebody came to me like, you should have got set. That's another story. But we put ourselves in a position to get a book deal, y'all, and went back and was like, no, we don't want that. Let's negotiate this way and was able to get what we negotiated. Like, yo, y'all, we re, re, like if we never did anything else, I felt like we did enough. And so I just want to shout C out because, you know, a lot of people don't take responsibility. CJ didn't say, and some of y'all mad at people, y'all, y'all pissed, but you're pissed because you think it's their responsibility. You feel me? And it's yours. And I took mine. And C was like, look, I'm going to take ownership of making you a household name. Like, that's it. That's my job. And I'm telling y'all, he did it. It's so crazy, y'all. Uh, and let me just tell y'all what I'm... Thank you. I'm going to look at the camera, but thank you. Bro, I, I put my son through college. Yeah. You understand how hard that is? I paid cash for my boy to go to school because I'm a household name. My daughter's graduated with a master's degree. My babies did. My babies don't even know what a FAFSA is. Like, that. You don't, somebody said FAFSA. Janet was like, what, what you... Jada didn't know Fasting. what you <laughs> doing. Fasting. My baby didn't even know what fast yeah. was. Yeah. My wife retired with MS because this man made me a household name. We live, we buy coastal, y'all. We when it's when it's when it's cold, we get to leave and go to Cali. 
We got a pool in the back. I ain't growing with no pool. We got a pool in the backyard. We got a backyard where we can entertain people. Like, we got enough money where, by the grace of God, I never have to work again. We got to trust. You, you understand what I'm saying? I got insurance. Something happened to me. I got insurance. We got other businesses that if something happened, my... Yeah, and let me say this, though, again, and this is why I want to talk about the shift, bro, because you giving me props, but me seeing how you operated, like y'all really have to be around from the jump, right? Like we would go to churches when we first started, right? Like that was the first people who would book us on the red. Shout out to the church. Like I'm just being real. I was like, this is when it clicked for me. And I don't even know when it clicked for E, but it clicked for me when we would go to a church and speak and they would be like, all right, we're paying y'all $500. And then they might take up another side offering for E and we might leave out of the you know church with a thousand dollars for two, three days worth of work. And we would go out in the streets and just be like walking to dinner or something like that. And E would see like a little kid and he'd be like, hey, man, how you doing in school? And his mom, he'd be with his mom. Maybe look like could have been a single mom situation or something like that. He would give my man two hundred dollars. And I used to be looking like, yo, E, remember you was like. He one time was like, see, just take my cash from me because I'm just going to give it away. <laughs> and I used to be like, yo, we just got a thousand. You just get little man 20 percent. You know what I'm saying? I'm only getting 10 percent. Like, Hold up. I'm counting money. I got to ask little man for a loan now. So but I was sitting there and I was like, yo, it's no way we shouldn't be getting paid more because who better to steward the money that God going to bless us with than us? Like like so it's so funny because some, some people are like I love it. And I, I'm going to be real. I'm guilty. I'm learning things, right? Like, Jose, I used to be like, all right, cool. I'm going to start tithing as soon as I get some real paper. And he would be like, yo, 10% is 10%. But I'm like, I know. But if I got a million, 100,000 ain't nothing. Right? But if I only got $1,000, bro, $100 is about to hurt me. That was my mentality. I didn't understand. And you start making some things clear to me and I start watching how you move. And I start watching you give without the expectation of props or return. Like, I'm just being real. Like, we would go places and he would, like, tip somebody on the low. Like, he'll leave a bill. It might be $50. We went to lunch. Now, mind you, th that ain't nothing now. But back then, it'd be $50. He would be like, whatever the bill was, that's how much I'm tipping. I used to be like, what? Like, so we go somewhere, eat $75, he'll tip $75. Mind you, I'm telling you, we didn't have bread like that. And I was like, yo, it's no way. Meanwhile, I'm like, one, you're going to have to know if I'm tipping you 75, I need you to see it. Like, I'm going to hand you the joint back and be like, whoa, hey, my man, yo, take a look. Blessings, kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being real. I'm petty like that. Like, I'm going into Starbucks. I'm going to let you see me put the dollar in. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was me. Like, don't, and that's a five. Like, don't think my man behind me, don't let him get. So I'm just telling you, like, I came up under a different system and I watched how he was moving. And I said, yo, not only are we going to make him a household name, he's going to be a multimillionaire because who better to look out for these kids, to look out for single mothers, to look out for college students than this man right here. I hope you don't mind me telling this story. We had um, you telling it, so. <laughs> I'm going to tell it. I just say, I hope you don't mind. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. But, you know, we had um, he got fired from the church. You know what I'm saying? And we go into that in here as well. Um, I know you may have heard us talk about it a little bit, but he literally got, you know, booted out the door and we started a new church. 
And um, we had a family come through, a Latino family. And um, ah, yeah. they must have came, what, two, three times? And they, they came to the church. Now, mind you, this is, we definitely doing better, but not, you know, where we are now. And uh, their house caught on fire. And I remember they were like, you know, we we're going to do an offering from the church and stuff like that. And everybody was giving, you know, $100, $200, $300. Some people have $500, you know. And I never forget, he wrote a check for $20,000. And that $20,000 at the time was equivalent to the $200 he gave little man. And I watched E and I was like, yo, I could see if it was me. You know what I'm saying? Like my house, like I've been this right hand man forever. Like I don't even know if he knew these people's first name like that. And you gave him twenty thousand dollars. Well, that's how much it's gonna cost. They have insurance, so it's gonna cost two hundred to get the house. It's gonna cost twenty thousand to get the kitchen fixed, whatever. And you gave him twenty thousand, and it was mo. And I'm just trying to let y'all in on moments where I said, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not doing the humble. Oh, we'll just take whatever you can give us anymore." And those are the moments that turn me into the beast that I am today. Like when people talk about, yo, CB on people's head, like, bro, I promise you, it, these are the moments. And I never even talked about this. You done seen me had to go all the way to the finish line to get our bag. Like, I don't play no more because I understand what we do with that money. Now, I'm not going to say we don't live nice and have, you know, nice things and our, you know, our wives are retired and all of those things, but we steward the money. And so when I watching E in those type of situations said, yo, you have to be in charge of making sure that and my next thing is a billionaire. Like that, I told him that. I said, cool, household name, that's done. We're going to get the Nobel Peace Prize. We're going to get the billions. Like that's next because I know what he could do with it. And so though, I just wanted to let people in on when, when I had the mind shift financially of like, yo, we're not sitting back just like, oh, gee, thank you for $3,000. I remember when I, bro, I remember when I start charging people 50 grand, people start calling, how much is the book, Eric Thomas? $50,000. And I said it with a presence of, I'm not playing and it's not negotiable. And guess what? People started to pay it. And so that's what, man, the system is so crazy because once you start to see yourself in a certain light and how do you see yourself in a certain light? You put in the work. We had so many years of doing ministry for free that we knew it was our time to execute on the other end, and the system is in there, man. And we talk about that. Yeah, so and much. again, I, I want y'all to make sure y'all catching the the system. The first part of the system is there. A lot of you think you deserve more money. You understand what I'm saying? You think you deserve more of the pie, but you're not trying to take more of the responsibility. I want to make sure you understand the system. See, the reason why I do what I do is because I pay my people's insurance. I was paying 80 for 80, 20 all day, meaning what? I'm paying for you to have your baby. I'm taking responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm paying 80% of your child being born. You feel me? I'm paying insurance. I'm paying, uh, we, we, we have investments for our staff. Like, we have uh, 501C, I mean, a 401Ks. We got that. We, we got workman's comp. Like, we got it all. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of y'all want the money people make, but you don't want the responsibility that they take. I'm going to say it again. You want the money that they make. You don't want the responsibility that they take. And you owe you is about step one in the system of getting to the top. How many grants have we gotten? Uh, no. Loans have we taken? Zero. I'm not saying don't take loans. I ain't trying to say don't take grants. I'm telling you, we've been totally responsible for our 
but like you said, when I bless somebody, I don't want none from you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want no, I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be connect. Like, I don't want nothing from you. I'm doing it because I've been blessed and I'm being responsible to those people that are blessing me. Like for real, you, I, I love you for life, but I'm not blessing you because I'm trying to bless you. I'm blessing you because I'm being responsible to the people that bless me with information that open up doors for me, etc. So you owe you is about taking responsibility. Let me say this. You know, I, I, um, I get a lot of flat in my community. You know, cats be on that E, you, you, bro, but what about oppression? And what about, bro, I went to an HBCU, like flat out. A lot of y'all talk that talk flat out. You just talking. You, 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 you are a theorist. You are phenomenal, you know, orator or, or, or debater. You like to be online. You like to be on TV talking about the problem. Like whatever. Like I'm, let's go toe to toe with my resume. I've been teaching a GD class. I've been in the hood from day one. I can take you to some of the kingpins in every city I've been to who were kids who are not handling their business, married, GEDs, served time in prison. I've been in the prisons. I don't just be on TV talking. I've been in the prisons. I've been in the youth detention. I've been on the blocks. I've been with my people, not talking. I've been with my people. I've been in the trenches with my people, not just talking. I, I marched when I was in college. We did the sit-ins, right? I'm still in the schools to this day for free. I'm still, I'm still in high schools, middle school. I'm still calling what you would call regular folks on the phone. I'm still, I'm still meeting people and sitting down and talking to people. Like, so, 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 so for a lot of us, you know, we get caught up in that rhetoric, right? I'm not into that. Like, I'm, I literally want to win a Nobel Peace Prize because I want to help so many kids. But what have I done? I've taken the responsibility of Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm taking the responsibility of Malcolm. You understand what I'm saying? So when people say to me, oh, what about oppression? What about racism? What about whatever? Listen to me very closely. It's all real. I'm not debating none of it. But but I owe it to myself to get through every single thing I need to get through to live the life that I want to live, that I feel like I deserve. So, yeah, you got all kind of trials and tribulations. You got all kind of evil people. You got all kind of legislation. You got all kind of stuff that's up against you. I don't care what's up against me. Did he deserve to live, be bicoastal? My kids deserve to, to, to um, uh, be working on their own business and do whatever they want. I, I, I can't sit here and say because this legislation was written or because this happened, this happened, uh, it should just stop me or I should just fold. No, all that stuff is real. I'm not debating it, but you owe you. You owe you to live the life you're supposed to live. You bump what they doing. I owe it to myself to experience the American dream. Listen to me. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but this is my belief. This is a temporary experience. I got that from Jose. This is a temporary experience. I could I'd be darned if a tip if I'm gonna live a temporary experience and I'm not gonna get to choose my temporary experience. I don't care who's against me. I don't care what they write. I will rise above all. Why? Because I owe me. I don't owe the person that wrote the bill. I don't wrote the. I don't owe the racist that's trying to stop me. I don't owe the teacher that don't believe I can graduate with a PhD. I don't owe. I owe myself. I owe my wife. I don't really owe my kids no more because they grown, right? But I'm still gonna take responsibility because I brought them to this world. I'm telling you, you owe you, dog on it. You owe you to overcome every obstacle, every trial, every tribulation, whatever. Uh. 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 Demons, you feel like generationally the curses that have been passed down to you. You owe you to not make excuses. You get one. You owe you. And when I walk up on this joint, I walk out on my terms. I walk out on my terms. I live on my terms. I owe myself. And I used to be like my mama, my daddy, Chicago, Detroit. I owe me. I owe nobody else. 
And, and this young man made a decision. I'm going to make you a household name and we're going to do everything we can with this household name to be a blessing and to get blessed. And so I'm telling you, it's time. Like, bro, I see people talking all that talk. I don't owe them. I don't owe them nothing. I don't owe them nothing. And I told my mom, Ma, I love you. And my mom, like, you know, she's a she's a, a great human being. My grandma, I love them. My mom, she, my mom is healthy, so she's trying to help people. I told my mom, like, Ma, I ain't trying to be funny. You get one life. You owe it to you to still be happy. <laughs> like, while you blessing other people, Ma, you still got to look out for you. And I'm telling y'all, you owe you. Your son, you owe you. Yeah, you put him through college. Yeah, you went to every football game. You owe you now, though. You owe you to retire. You owe you to travel the world. You blessed him. You went to every parent-teacher conference, every game. You did everything you could for your child. Now you owe, you owe yourself to go see the world. You owe yourself to write that book. You owe yourself to become a millionaire. You owe yourself to be a fashion designer. Whatever it is, this book is just telling you you owe you, but here's where you got to start. You got to do it for you because ain't nobody else going to do it for you. You owe it to you to do it for yourself because ain't nobody else going to do it for you. So I love you enough to tell you the truth. And that hard truth is 10 principles. You got one. There are nine more principles in this book that is going to help you to be where we are. And that's what? Living life on our own terms, bro. That's all I want for you. We don't, we don't know what we got. We not about trying to define your success for you. We're not about to tell you what you should be, what you do. You listen to the podcast. We don't get caught up in that. We ain't about to tell you what you, but we are telling you, you need to know what it is you want to do. And you need to spend the rest of your life pursuing that and going after that, no matter how hard or difficult it is. One of the things that <clears throat> I think is um, also unique about the book is this is by far the most transparent that I think you've ever been. Um we talked about it before when you write or when you speak and, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's just real. Y'all know how he talk. Like, he's not necessarily choosing his words. If something happened last night at the crib, he going to say it on stage the next morning. And that's often been a source of contention, maybe for you and Didi or you and Jalen, especially. Uh, You've been hard uh, on Boog. Uh, you know, Didi's scared of stick. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> what we, but those are... Because you don't speak from a playbook, you speak from your heart, you know, those things can be tough and they can be even tougher memorialized in a book. And so talk about why you chose to be so transparent, even more so than I think you have been in the past about things that happened growing up, about things that happened in business, about, you know, rifts that you and I have had. You know, why did you feel the need in this book? Like, because I'm going to be real. I wasn't necessarily comfortable. I'm like, bro, we don't need to show everybody that. Like, you know what I mean? People got a perception that me and you just line up, you know, Jordan and Scotty the whole time. And now that we looking like the new Jordan and Scotty, <laughs> it ain't working. <laughs> yeah, and, and so talk about why you wanted to be so transparent in this book. Even talking about, you know, the, the church situation, which was a tough situation, which was crazy which was the the rift you had with you know your alma mater like there were some really tough things that you got into in this book that i know just talking to you about it i've heard you break down crying several times and we never shared it anywhere but you shared it in this book i felt like uh, again it's a temporary experience you know so i felt like the book was going to be around longer than i am you understand what i'm saying like i literally feel like the videos, you look at Martin Luther King, he gone. The videos are still out. You know, Malcolm stuff is still out. And so I felt like, E, you owe it to the people not to protect your image. 
not to protect your fa your your family's image, not to protect the company's image or the church or the alma mater. Like you owe it to the people to keep it real. It's funny. I call um, T. Marshall Kelly, who was like, you know, a professor at Oakwood and one of the big dogs, you know, in the faith or whatever. You know, he wanted the pillars. And I call, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm really trying. I ain't trying to talk bad about, you know, the church. I ain't trying to talk bad about Oakwood. You know what I'm saying? This is where this is my people. Like, I wouldn't be where I am without it. Like, I'm not trying to talk bad about it. You know, and he said, did it happen? I said, yeah, it happened. He said, did Joseph get to tell his story without saying his brothers were trying to kill him? <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? Did Joseph tell the story, but he's like, did he skip the whole part about his brothers? Like, that was real. His brothers tried to kill him, man. <laughs> like, it is what it is. He's like, you got to tell the story. You know, now you ain't got to be evil or mean or say name, whatever, but you got to tell the story. Tell the story that God is going to be glorified by the story and somebody needs to hear the story to be free more than you need not to tell it to protect some folk. Mm. I'm going to say it one more time. Yeah. There are people who need to be liberated by your story more than the people who need to be protected by it. You feel me? So he's like, you know, you ain't got to dog nobody out or do none of that, but tell the story. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I felt like, yo, there are a lot of kids who went to Oakwood, who went to Michigan State, you know, who from Chicago, from Detroit. You know, who are from Gary, you know what I'm saying, Indiana. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are people who've had my experience, who've had moms that were teenage moms, who didn't have a biological father, and they're like, whatever. Like, all the people that we blessing, God was like, you owe it to me, son, to bless my people more than you deserve to protect the people you're trying to protect. I'm the one that blessed you. I'm the one that looked out for you. Tell the story, you know, tell the story how I blessed you. And that's a part of it. So for me, man, it was like, Yo, I just want to see marriages, people stay together. If they don't stay together, still have a friendship. I want to see kids healthy. I want to see people make money. I want to see people get closer to Christ. I want to see people get closer to each other. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like I had to be transparent and be honest. And I'm going to be real. When I wrote the first book, you know, my mom was like, whatever, you know, hurt, like you shouldn't know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I like, I mean, no harm. I just tell my story. My sisters, I can't believe you. I like, I ain't even really go in like that. And I realized sometimes, yo, for real, like you said, your transparency, even though you don't look at how it, it does affect other people. But at the end of the day, my mom's going to be gone. I'm going to be gone. My sister's going to be gone. You know, my biological father, my father, everybody's going to be gone. But the truth still needs to live on. You know what I'm saying? And so I felt like I need to tell the truth without being, um, was no malice in it, no hatred. I ain't dogging nobody out. I'm just telling the story. You know, as much as I can without names and whatever, but the principles, I'm trying to make sure they're there and people understand the principles in their totality. So if they're going through the same situation, they could use the same principles to got to get to where we are and not to stay where I would have stayed had it would have my mom or my daddy. Yeah. Blame it, folks. So let's get into it then. Um, one of the things that we always said we were coming up, we were always just like. It, it was, you know, it was the two of us. So we were always, the only example we had of two young brothers who was like, like Master P was kind of on solo. Yeah, no question. You know, like the Diddy, was on the, Diddy was on the solo. A lot of them was like, you knew who the one guy was, but it was like, there was one particular, you know, set of, set of dudes that we were like, man, like that's who we, and it was Jay-Z and Dane. No and we always looked at and tried to study like, yo, why did they break up? You know what I'm saying? Like, and they both phenomenal entrepreneurs. This ain't no shade to anybody. 
But, but it's just who we looked up to yeah, and who, and, to and this day, you know what I'm saying? We modeled our stuff. hundred percent. Respected a million percent. And so it was funny because one of the reasons that I stepped to the background, people still to this day, Jose, you don't got Twitter, you don't got Instagram, you're not online. Because when I looked at where the rift kind of, and again, I could be all wrong. I'm just telling you how I looked at it. When I saw Dame kind of getting famous too, and like being a celebrity too, because I always looked at Dame as the business guy. So when we talking about Dame and Ho, like he was out on the stage going crazy. I was in the boardroom firing people up. Like that's just what I did. And then I saw Dame kind of take a new role and it was like he was in the videos and he was like becoming a celebrity in his own right. And again, that's two grown men. I don't want to ever speak on their business. I'm telling you my perception from the outside was like, okay, it didn't work now because you had two people doing the same thing. And so I was... Contrary to popular belief, I love it. I speak at a conference. Some people be like, you shouldn't be so shy. You're a great speaker. I've been speaking my whole life. I, I love speaking. I chose to take the background and go more towards the business and the branding side because I saw that somebody got to watch E back while he on stage. Like, I can't be like, all right, E, you want to go first? Let's rock, paper, scissors, see who get to go first. I, oh, I, you, you going to Tennessee? I got to go to Chicago. Like, it wasn't going to work like that. And so I chose to stay behind the scenes build up the business, build up the brand and go to that next level. And when I saw Damon Hove break up, I said, okay, cool. See, don't ever thrust yourself into the spotlight. That's what he is here for. And I tell you, people are like, oh, see, you so humble. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I saw E's wins as my wins. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, I wasn't sitting in the back when somebody asked to take a picture with E going, man, I wish they would take a picture with me. I felt like they were taking a picture with me. Every time he got stopped in the airport, I was like, yo, it's working. People be like, hey, my man, who? I don't even know who you is. Take this picture for me. I'm like, oh, oh, bet. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, there was no point where I was salty because I knew our goal was to get E to that level because of the stories I told you already and the countless number of other stories that I had. I was like, yo, the world, people, black people, black men need to see this as an example. And I go to my grave making sure they see it. Um, and that worked out for a long time. Um, but there was, and we talk about this in the book, there was a point where I guess I don't, you tell it from your side and then I tell it from my no, no, side. I let him, I let him, I let him read the book, but I will say this okay, to y'all. Yeah, okay. yeah. I will say this to y'all. You know, I felt like as me and C looked at Dame and Ho, I mean, uh, yeah, Dame and Ho, I felt like I need to do my part. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I felt like, yo, I need to do my part because he is making so many sacrifices, you know? And I'll never forget, like, I, I ain't put this in the book because this ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't my business or whatever, but he had came to me once and was like, you know, Candace, and for those of you who know Candace's wife, for those of you who don't know, Candace was with me before I even really got strong with CJ like that, right? So collectively, and then we have our individual relationships. So he came to me once like, yo, Candace. So I, so when he say Candace, I'm thinking Candace is white, but I'm also thinking like, I don't never want to mess up my relationship with Candace. You know what I'm saying? Um, it don't work out with y'all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You feel what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So for me, he came to me and was like, yo, Candace was asking me like, yo, I know who you are. That's why she married him. Like, yo, how you feel about how this stuff is going? You feel me? And so... When he said that to me, I was already on the, hey, I want to make sure this thing work out. Because again, here's the, here's the beauty you have 
of studying somebody else's life, they gave you so much that you could actually not make some of the mistakes that they made because they because they went before you. You feel what I'm saying? So we don't never feel like we better than nobody. We feel like when we talk about Master P. We feel like we benefited from Master P. We, we benefit from Diddy and what we learned from Diddy dealing with his artists, you know, the way he dealt with them. Game and, and yeah, ho, watching them move yeah, independently yeah. And, and, and build what they did. Yeah, we, 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 get, we get to watch them and learn from them. And somebody else is going to watch us and take it to another level that we never took it to. But I was like, okay, what must it feel like to be number one, but humble yourself to be number two so that I can stay number one? You feel me? Like, that's that's got to... You know what I'm saying? That's got to be, you know, something. And so I've always tried to make sure in this relationship that I humble myself too, that I put myself in a position where I let everybody know when they come to me, like, yo, this is who you need to be coming to. This is the person that said that they was going to make me a household name. Would I be doing what I'm doing? Would he be doing what he's doing? You'll read about some stuff he said to me in the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely we would. But would we be doing, would I be, would I reach the height that I reach without? Well, I think you talk about the humility. You weren't even comfortable with the original plan. Like, I don't think people understand. Like, they don't know us back in the Break the Cycle days. We had a company called Break the Cycle. And it was a crew. Like, it was the Jackson 5. So, if you look at the Jackson 5, you know, Quincy Jones probably was the one that snatched Mike out of the Jackson 5, right? And like, like, no, Mike is the star. Well, in this, he always calls me Quincy Jones because in this equation, I'm in the Jackson 5. I was back there on the drums and I pulled him out. It wasn't, so when people, it, it's funny, remember when people, we'll, we'll get people writing in like, oh, who, like a podcast, who is this C? I didn't come here to see him. And it's like, people like, oh, I can't believe they dogging out C. And I just laugh because I'm like, that was the plan. Like, that was the plan for me and Carl and Lashana and everybody else in the crew to be the Jackson 5 and let E be Michael Jackson. So when people say, oh, you just humbled yourself, I'm like, no, nah, the strategy that I put together worked. I can remember we were sitting in the office and I told you, I was like, bro, this not working. Break the cycle ain't no person. It don't have kids. It don't have a message. Eric Thomas, E.T. has a message. And so when we made that decision to break from the company route, or promoting the company and putting you out as an individual, and then it began to work. People were like, "Oh, see, don't get the credit." I'm like, "Wait, this is this is all by design." But to East Point, it made it easier on me because he wasn't limelight seeking. You know what I'm saying? If he would have been like, "Hey, look here, little guy, like I'm blow up, you gonna get your chance, just chill out," I probably would have been like, "Okay, cool." At some point, we're gonna become rivals. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, I might have broke and been like, "All right, cool." He on his top, on top. Now I'm going my way. Hey, let's see who can get where. I never felt like that because to each point, he took that humility route and was just like, yo, this is a this is a tandem. And if you ever heard, man, it was people who for years, probably up until the podcast, used to be like, yo, who in the blank is CJ? Like, because he, he would say my name so many times. And I think subconsciously he was doing it to let me know, like, hey, I ain't taking off on you, even though I didn't need him to do that. Like, he would be in TGIM, like, I was talking to C the other day. C told us we need to do this. C told us we need to do that. And so it did. It, it worked, obviously, right? Um, but it didn't come without challenges. One of the challenges in the book, and this is, like, within the last few years, right? Like, so, so even though we were, and at the time, we was already making millions, doing really well. And I would say our first major, major challenge happened. And because of who we are and because of our character, 
we was able to get through it. And I ain't going to. And I'm going to say again, responsibility. I made it my responsibility to do what I said I was going to do and not let nothing come between us, you know? And, you know, we all talk, you know, everybody got their rappers, whatever. You know, I always been a, I always been a Tupac guy. That's my guy. You know, C always Big. been Biggie. You know what I'm saying? But you could probably pick that up by our energy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you see yeah. how hype he get, how laid back are you? You know what I'm saying? But I, but I think I, I think I was in, I was endeared to Hove. You know, like he said when they was, when it was a, when it was their crew, and when Hove said, "We all we got," like I just be real, bro. Like that, that hit me because when you come from the block, it's a lot of, it's a lot of snakes. You know, it's a lot of sharks. It's a lot of, you know, crabs in the bucket. You know, so to hear another adult male from the block talk about, yo, we all we got. You know, I was like, E, you got to be responsible for keeping this together. You know what I'm saying? And you the only one that can mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Brian, stupid. I, I hear the lines. You know, it's like, hey, you made a hole, make another hole. You feel me? Like, I, bro, I, I feel it 1000%. I get it. You feel me? And I had to be mature and not let my demons get in the way and go, yo, E, you made a responsibility to see and Candace. Like you married them, like you made a responsibility. Like it's your responsibility for the not just making money and having whatever success you have, but man, it's a family, bro. We all we got, you know. And you know, he said, ain't nobody like ain't nobody liking your girl, you know what I'm saying? If something happened to you, I got your son. Like, that's real to me, y'all. That's I felt that. You feel me? And I understand that in the real world, that's going to get challenged. So, so I get it. But I make you owe you. I owe it to me to not let this company or my position in the world go before our relationship. Like I couldn't let the videos and the dude on the videos and the hype of, uh, E.K., you changed my life. I couldn't let that. I never want to be in a position where me and Lil Trey ain't talking no more. Bump me and see. I don't never want to not be his godfather. I'll never not want to be here when he, you know, win the, the baseball tournaments. You know what I'm saying? When he go to college, finish high school, he get married. I don't want when Sweet P get married. She go through, you know what I'm saying, life. I want to be able to be there. Even if I'm sitting there praying from my seat or if I'm up officiate, whatever. Married his brother, train. I married Nick. Like me and uh, five, we talk, me and his old dude, we talk on our own. He called me up there. E, I got some dressing for you. I'm like, hold on to it. Greg was like, Greg was like, E, I can take it to the crib. I'm like, cool. Then I'm going to be at your crib. <laughs> if you take it to the crib, you're going to have to sit down with me. So I want to reserve we're real family, this. y'all. Yeah. This is not, we not, like, yeah. listen to what he's saying. Like, he, it was one day you married me. He married both my brothers and their wives. You know what I'm saying? Like, him and my dad go on walks together every week when he at the crib. Like, we are family for real. And we've been through some real things yeah. and we got through some real things and we built some real yeah. things. And it's special, man. And listen, I'm about to monopolize this for one second. All right, take Stay out of my way. Don't All say right. nothing. <laughs> listen right. to me, man. This this book right here. I don't we, we've never been on asking y'all for much like for real. I'm not and he, and he probably still ain't asking, but I'm asking you right now. To pre-order this book. All right. The one thing I told E when we looked at, me and E always have a state of the union, like just the two of us. Every year, E kind of like does a brain dump and I take that and we run with it. We were in the middle of COVID and he was having his brain dump and he was just like, yo, it's just some things that I feel like some benchmarks that I need to clear. And, you know, one of them is a New York Times bestseller. 
He was like, man, we did it out the trunk. We don't, they would call us and ask us, like, how, how many books did y'all sell? We was like, ah, go, hey, count the books up. We didn't know. We took a chance, y'all. Like, this was a big chance for us, a big risk for us going with a major publishing company. The pre-order of this book is important. That's how we get primetime placement in Barnes & Noble. That's how we're going to get in the Hudson News at the airport. You're going to see this thing. This is how it becomes one of the top sellers in the world. I know he probably don't care as much as I do, but this is something that I want to do for my brother as he enters his 50s. I want to clear this benchmark for him. I need y'all to pre-order the book. This book is phenomenal. This book is life-changing. Don't wait, because if you wait and do it, they're not going to show us the love. I got off the phone with the publishing company yesterday, and they said, hey, the better the pre-order does, the more copies Barnes & Noble, uh, more copies Schuler's, more copies the Hudson News, and everybody else is going to order. So I'm asking y'all to go to etinspires.com, click the pre-order link. We got some free stuff in there for you, too. If you go to the pre-order link, you're going to get the free workbook and the free video course to go with it. Only if you order on the pre-link. Uh, the book is coming out in the fall. We have their My release. birthday. Oh, oh, okay. September 2nd. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I heard. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's 3rd. Yeah. Okay, my bad. You I'm not right great there. with dates. He was right there. Um, I, I just wanted to be a day early. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? She was pregnant the, on the 2nd, too. The book too. comes out September 3rd. But I don't want y'all to wait. If you're watching this podcast, if you're listening, listen, we give y'all a free podcast. We've been doing this podcast how long? Six years. Five, six years. Since my son was a, a baby, since my daughter was born. And she's about to be six, y'all. And it's free every single week. And I promise you, we're going to keep coming with that heat. We're going to keep inspiring you. We're going to keep doing what we do. But I need y'all to go pre-order this book. You owe you. You can get it at etinspires.com. If y'all start pre-ordering this link right now, they're going to start ordering thousands and thousands of books. And let me tell you something. I'm just being real. As I close up this pitch, let me put it up here so you can see it. But as I close up this pitch, you got a lot of other guys. They pay for the fancy tricks. You know what I mean? They, they pay for the crazy algorithms. People in eSpace, they, they do a lot of the stuff that we're just not into. Yeah, we don't do that stuff, y'all. We depend on you, the people, us to do our thing, and then the y'all to show up and do y'all thing. All right? So, again, UOU, ETinspires.com right now. I need you to go pre-order that. If y'all want to do us a favor, if you want to get E a, a sweet birthday present, when September 3rd comes, let that New York Times bestseller list read UOU on the top. And you pre-ordering that thing right now is going to make sure that happens. So I just want to say that. I know you don't like doing that, but I'm asking y'all from the bottom of my heart for my brother to get closer to that Nobel Prize, to get closer to being that humanitarian award. Again, man, we've been underground and we did this thing underground for a long time. No more. We letting the mainstream know that E.T. is on top and he's a force to be reckoned with. And not for him, but for the millions and millions of people that he inspires and will continue to inspire in the future. So go order the book, UOU pre-order, available right now at etinspires.com. Man, I love you, man. Love you too, fam. Hey, this is big, it. bro. I appreciate Let's you. Let's go. Carl, this boss, sorry y'all couldn't make it. <laughs> um, you know, we had, we had to do the OG thing. Yeah. Uh, but, man, we appreciate y'all. We'll be back to our regular scheduled podcast next week. Go get that pre-order right now. We love you. We'll see, see you next week. week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might. 